0: RadioInfluence.com
1: Hello and welcome to Instant Pretty Podcast. Our goal is to talk about everything in the beauty business from process, application, purpose, and pricing for beauty services. We recently have expanded our scope to include health and wellness. I'm Abby Kiefer, your co-host of Instant Pretty Podcast. And I'm Talia Keen, your other co-host. How are y'all?
2: Okay. So today hey. we are joined. Yeah, good. Right. We're all good. <laughs> hey, you good. I'm good. Today we are joined by a Tampa Bay dermatologist, Dr. Catherine Markham. Dr. Markham currently works at the Watson Clinic and their Lakeland location. However, she resides with her three beautiful children in South Tampa. Welcome, Dr. Markham. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're happy. Uh, we are happy to have you join us today to talk about dermatology and the current issues that the public should be aware of for skin health. Tell us a little bit about your background in medicine.
3: Well, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky.
2: That's where I was born. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How long did you live there? Like
1: seconds. Seconds. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we came out and then I left. Well, <laughs> your I mom stayed. walked
2: across the border. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: So I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, and I went to medical school in Louisville and then, um, you know, t- did my residency in dermatology, and that's how I ended up in Florida. And so I did my residency at USF. Um, I worked for a little bit in Kentucky, but mainly have worked here either in
2: Tampa or in Lakeland. Did you know you wanted to go into Durham? I did. Yeah. Like, very early on. And that's competitive.
3: It is competitive, yeah. So, so it was stressful st- time? Stressful time, yeah. I really loved my dermatologist growing up and she was great to be around and uh, you know then when I decided to go into medicine you know I kind of kept my options open but it was something I was really interested in and so decided to go for it didn't realize how competitive it was when I wanted to go to try that but you know it worked out
2: so which was nice. Great well let's talk about um actual dermatology and the things that you experience with your clientele from what i understand you have more of a geriatric
3: kind of yeah more jerry it dep- i think you know one of the things that's so nice about the you know the field is you can kind of make it what you want to be so if you want to only see you know focus in cosmetics you could do that if you wanted to focus in medical dermatology you can if you want to do surgery so you can read slides or do microscopic you know, pathology, so you can really kind of make it what you want to be. So I used to practice in South Tampa and then went out to Lakeland, and so it was somewhat of a different patient population, because in South Tampa, it was, for the most part, younger patients, a lot more cosmetic heavy. Now I focus a lot on medical dermatology, skin cancer. You know, we still do a little bit of cosmetics and then see um also teenagers and kids so it's good it's a great career for people with adhd cause you can kind of bounce all over the place and do what you want to do not that you have not that, that i have that no, no but way. if you did it would work out okay
2: so what are some of the reoccurring conditions you treat as a dermatologist i'm sure you see the same things over and over
3: sure of course um i think you know we obviously live in the sunshine state so most important thing that you know, we should deal with in that profession and also uh, see a lot here would be skin cancer. You know, skin cancer screenings, people who are concerned about skin cancer, you know, to diagnose it and treat it appropriately. And then there are a lot of things that are very, you know, age-specific. I mean, you're obviously going to be more likely to deal with certain conditions in children and the pediatric population you know, warts, eczema, different rashes. And then you're talking more teenagers, which is your acne situation. I mean, these are generalizations, but still. And then, you know, going forward to like the adult female acne, the bane of right.
0: my Lose, personal Lose. existence, <laughs> yeah.
3: So, um, yes, because people feel very ripped off to
2: still have acne right. in their 40s. In their, yeah, 30s, yeah. 40s. So with that, with skin care, cancer, one thing with ears in particular, I find for, as a skincare specialist, is that men oh, sure. or and women forget to protect their ears. Uh, and do yeah. you see a lot of skincare cancer on, is it more appendages, like ears, nose, or is well, it?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously sun exposed locations are gonna be more likely to have certain types of skin cancer, and I do feel like male patients, especially, you know, if their hair is shorter, And they tend to wear, like a baseball cap, I mean, that's not going to protect your ears. And nobody thinks to put sunscreen on there. And it's a higher risk location for squamous cell skin cancer and melanoma. It it tends to be something you should definitely treat a little bit more. You know, definitely be aware of and treat appropriately because it does have a higher risk than some other spots in the body. Uh, Nose, obviously. I mean, everybody growing up at the beach, I mean, your nose always gets sunburned. So, you know, that's just kind of. An area, but melanoma, which is the more se- most common serious type of skin cancer, I mean, strangely enough, legs in women—that's the most common location. We see it all the time, um, and back in, in men. So areas that may not necessarily get sun exposure every day, but can get a lot of high intensity, infrequent sun exposure, right. which increases the likelihood. Or so. We think, I mean, some of the information, you know, can be fluid and changing. But at this time, I mean, those are certainly higher risk locations.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, actually, that even just a couple times a year, if you get a sunburn, mm-hmm. so to speak, you can that can be worse than having s- slow amounts for shorter durations during, say, the winter months or something like that, right? Yes.
3: We, but. Like the caveat, yeah. You right. know, it always you never like, know. yes, but, I mean – Certainly, day-to-day sun exposure, just like especially if you're in a profession where you're outside, you know, that's higher risk for squamous cell, basal cell. Melanoma is a little bit more nuanced in some respects because there's several different subtypes. And some of them tend to be exactly what you say, where it's intermittent but high intensity, kind of like the people who don't work outside but, you know, go to the beach a couple times a year or go boating and then just get a horrible sunburn Mm -hmm.
2: those people tend to be at a higher risk Um, so you treat conditions after they arise obviously hence the dermatologist you're not necessarily um, your, your forte isn't necessarily to educate the people ahead of time because you usually don't see them until they actually have a condition but and in, in that respect, you have your opportunity oh, sure. to educate them about that. But generally, you don't see people until they have a problem. Would you agree with that? For
3: them, yes, unless people are very proactive and want to come in. You know, but for the, yeah, I, w- I would agree
2: with that. So once you have conditions that arise, what are some suggestions to help protect their skin in the future? I know you have a lot of different conditions that you treat, but you you yeah, have- if we
3: were just talking, like, sun protection, mm-hmm. that type of situation, um, you know, first of all, people love to say, you know, the damage is done when you're a kid, and but that doesn't give you a free pass. I mean, so there have been several studies that have come out where they put patients, even in their 60s and 70s, in two different groups. One group used sunscreen consistently. The other one, not so much. And there was a clear difference between the development of new issues. So yeah. first and foremost, always wear sunscreen. And it's a personal pet peeve of mine when people are like, but I don't go outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you left your house today. So if you left your house right. or you're next to a window, you're getting some type of sun exposure.
2: Even, even there's some... There's some validity to the UVA oh, rays. Light, yeah. yeah, the rays that come off a computer.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, and so, um, you know, you should wear sunscreen every day, like brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. And reapplication is key, especially um, if you do a lot of commuting, if you're in the car. I mean, and obviously reapplication is key if you're really going to be outside for long periods of time. So. Well, plus, the
2: sun, sun exposure also breaks down sunscreen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you have to reapply because oh, yeah. even sweating, the normal things that people think will break it down, the actual exposure to sun breaks it down as well. So that's where the SPF factor comes in. It really should be sun protection, uh, I'm sorry, burn factor opposed to sun protection. Sure, Because yeah. it's how much time you have until you burn.
3: Well, and then the, yes, and UVB is the part of sunlight that causes the burn, um, but UVA, you know, often penetrates, de- it does penetrate the deeper undamaged. into skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, causes the aging. Right. So people think, I'm not getting a sunburn, I'm fine, but you're not really. And that's why it's important on a sunscreen, and almost all major sunscreens now are, you know, broad spectrum, UVA, UVB. Now there's some debate about the visible light situation, especially with melasma, which is the discoloration of the face, commonly women experience after pregnancy or birth control. Um, and, you know, Sometimes that's a little more difficult to find a sunscreen that definitely covers it. What,
2: the UVC? Yes. Yeah. More and more, like, SkinCeuticals, I think, have one, and also SkinMedica. Yeah. They came out with one. Which is good.
3: I mean, it's good to be. But, I mean, I think for the average person, just to make things, like, to discuss about protecting yourself, you know, first and foremost, wear sunscreen. Also, just, you know, wear a hat. If you're going to be outside, wear a hat. Try to wear some protective clothing. I mean, really, if you're going to be out snorkeling or on the boat all day or at you know some sporting event you're not gonna no, very few people are going to be really consistent about reapplication but if you're doing photo protection that's clearly going to be helpful mm-hmm. there are some other products out there um, with more of like vitamin supplementation antioxidant supplementation that can also be helpful uh, specifically there's a vitamin called heliocare you can get a just a, you know, Walgreens, CVS, it's an antioxidant that some research has shown that it helps your body be able to handle, you know, the oxidative stress of sun exposure better. So sometimes that's a good option for people.
2: And that's what's considered uh, actually a uh, a universal antioxidant because it's It's water-soluble and lipid-soluble, so it protects inside the cell and outside the cell. So that's a great product. It is. Yeah, it is a great product. And, I mean, it's great for people, too, who, you
3: know, really know they're going to get a lot of sun exposure, and so it's kind of a good preventative.
1: Um, What are some markers to look for if the skin changes and if the public should seek a dermatologist? So I think that, isn't it like the the ABCs of skin cancer? Yes, A B C D, and now there's an E for oh. evolving. Yeah, all right, it's like teach bra, us. It's
3: so, like bra
2: sizes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it just keeps
3: going. Um, so A is for asymmetrical. You know, because basically this is talking mainly about melanoma. So and that's the most common serious skin cancer, and the fact that melanoma has a higher likelihood compared to basal cell or squamous cell to potentially metastasize and be you know, more of a concern with that. So, you're looking for, you know, melanoma tends to be a dark spot, however, you know, but there are some instances in in which that's not the case. So, A is for asymmetrical, so you want it to look the same on both sides. Um, B is for border, you want a nice smooth border, you don't like a jiggity-jaggity border. Uh, C is for color. You know, you want it to be the same color all the way through, not different shades of brown, pink, black, you know, red. D is for diameter. You tend to want it to be 6 millimeters or less, um, which is about the size of a pencil eraser. So, And then E is for evolving. You don't want it to be changing. And the other thing, too, is after the age of about 30, 35, you shouldn't be developing a lot of new moles. So if you develop a new dark spot at that point, you know, especially if there's some changes, you know, you really need to have that addressed. Because, yeah, if you can catch it early, melanoma is incredibly curable. Um, if it's not caught early, then it's an issue. Now, for basal cell and squamous cell, then, which are the most common types of skin cancer, you know, a sore that doesn't heal, something that bleeds much too easily, something that's rapidly growing, changing, or painful, I mean, those are all, you know, should kind of trigger people being like, oh, this just doesn't seem right. And then you can, you know, have it evaluated and go from there. Um, Going off of what you just said about after 35 you shouldn't be,
1: you know, getting new things. Um, Dermatology is not age-specific. So what are some
3: common conditions you see from the youth through the elderly? So, yeah, it probably, you know, with, with babies it's always, like, parents are always concerned about birthmarks. There's lots of rashes that happen kind of in the neonatal and infantile period that you can kind of help deal with. Most of them are completely benign and self-limiting. Then in in kids, I mean, again, I have three children, so they're always picking up stuff. So at that point, you're talking like contagious stuff like molluscum, which is just a viral infection of the skin, warts. What does molluscum look like for the listeners? It looks like people often mistake it for warts but they're just like little pink bumps sometimes with a little dimple. Mm-hmm. They tend to affect flexural areas so you know kind of inside the crooks of the arms and the legs, sometimes in the diaper or you know underwear area. And they can spread because if you scratch, they spread and kids scratch. And so then they can become they they tend to go away on their own but sometimes they can rapidly spread. Mm-hmm. So, and then kids are, sometimes have issues with eczema and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Teenagers, acne, acne, acne. Okay. And then you start transitioning more into skin cancer and different things like that. And there are some conditions that can be a lifelong issue for some people, like psoriasis and, I mean, eczema can be as well. Um, which is just, psoriasis viral? Is it, it like a bloodstream thing, or how does no. that? Because. Okay. So we don't know exactly what causes psoriasis. There's certain. There's certainly a genetic predisposition. So if you have a family member with it, you're more likely to get it as well. The general thinking has been um, is that you have a genetic predisposition, but then there's something else that triggers it. Because it can, yeah, and you don't really know. I mean, sometimes people a strep infection can trigger it. Um post-pregnancy. So it can be late onset, oh, essentially? Yeah. I mean, people can develop it at, from nine months to 90 years old. There's a wide spectrum. But it's great because we have a lot of treatments now. That, it's great. Psoriasis is no, no, great. Because no, no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's but, treatable. Yeah. No. But the, yeah the,
2: you don't have to everybody in complains
3: about pharma, which I understand, but they have done a, a yeah. great job with some medications that almost make it like these people have never had the condition. Plus, it can cause arthritis, which if you don't treat that, that can be a debilitating thing. So, Um, All right, let's get into more vanity.
1: Uh, Dermatology has been embracing more cosmetic services as well, so what are some of the additional services that you offer for a more youthful appearance?
3: So, um, currently, I do Botox and fillers and chemical peels. Um, In the past, I have Done some lasering, microneedling, some PRP injections,
2: different things like that. And that was because of your patient, your demographic, yeah, the demographic okay. for sure.
3: I mean, it, derma- you know, dermatologists. You, again, you can almost kind of cater to what you feel comfortable doing, what you like doing. Some people do a lot of cosmetics. Some people don't. Um, to the some people even do you know, liposuction, different things like that. I've never, you know, done that. But, um, yeah, Botox and fillers. Um, What is the difference between Botox and fillers?
1: I know. So, (laughs) I know. But for the people that don't know, tell us um, what the difference is, when and why do the clients elect for these services.
3: So Botox um, and Dysport and ZMN, and there's also a few others like in the in the market, that are one just got FDA approval, and a few others, one that might last for up to six months, which wow. would be
2: that's crazy. Great. It's a protein, and it naturally breaks down. So are they proteins? These new new ones on the market? I know Z- Zomen is, but
3: yeah, I mean it, they're all they all work the same. So the way that they all work is they basically interrupt the nerve transduction in order to cause muscle contraction. So you either can have dynamic reach wrinkles which are caused by muscle contractions. The way you can think about it is if you crease a paper over and over, even when you flatten it out, there's gonna be that line. So all of these neurotoxins, you know, which are the ones we've just listed, they all stop that creasing. So they stop the muscle movement. So again, gross generalization, but you can think of from the cheeks up, Botox is great, uh, from the cheeks down, you might want to do some fillers. Again, you know, they use Botox for lots of different things too, like, uh, you know, issues with bladder dysfunction, migraines. But from a, Yeah, exactly. But from a cosmetic standpoint, you know, it is great to prevent the wrinkles from forming. Once you already have those wrinkles kind of etched in in the forehead or in between the eyebrows, which is called the glabella um, or crow's feet. Botox will help soften them. But it if won't you, get rid of it. Okay. Typically not on its own unless you're doing a good job with skincare or peels or laser. So then the question is, like, how early do you start Botox? I mean, mm-hmm. do you start Botox when you're 22? Do you start it when you're 80? I mean, it's not FDA approved after a certain age because the thought is those wrinkles have been etched in at that point. But so I think once you start to be concerned about it and once you start to notice it, personally – Like, when I started to notice, like, where you could tell in your makeup, you know what I mean, where the creasing was? I was like, oh, well. That's when you know it's Jumping on that. Yeah, exactly. So fillers do exactly what they say. They fill. So they plump up the skin from the inside out. Um, There are so many fillers available in Europe, it's ridiculous. Um, In the U.S., because of the FDA, there's... Not as many, but we're starting to get to the point where there are so many. So it almost becomes like the arsenal is so huge, you may not – I think it's hard It's hard for me to feel good about all of them. So what they tend to do is they fill up the line where the wrinkle is, and they plump it up. So if you have the line, like the smile lines around your mouth, um, you can inject those, and then it causes the skin to – just kind of plump up it's almost like just putting putty in there mm-hmm. underneath um now the difference between all the fillers and you're just to name some commonly available ones would be like rustle and and voluma volbella all those other you know Bellatero. um they're all they they differ on their viscosity or how thick they are and what company makes them and that that plays a role in where you would want to put them so in your lips you don't want something that's very thick and firm because it's going to feel unnatural now there's some other ones that you can't put in areas that move a lot they want it to be laid directly on the bone radius is one of those and voluma um, so but they work in a different way so I think that the old paradigm for treating the aging face it used to be a long time ago you know it was the facelift just pull but that's really not very a very natural look after a certain point because you have to address lots of different aspects and it gets frustrating because cost certainly plays a role but i mean you need to be able to improve the over skin quality so that means topical treatments you tend to lose Or you have a change in the distribution of fat in your face from when you are 20 from when you're 50. So some deeper fillers kind of help change that a little bit. You also have bone resorption, especially around, like, the jawline and certain other areas. So you can mask that with certain other fillers. So it's kind of like a multi-pronged approach,
2: so to speak. I mean, I would say coming from skincare, I get asked a lot about, injections and so forth. I'm not an injector, but I've worked for many plastic surgeons, many med spas. I've been getting filler for like 15 years now. (laughs) Filler and Botox, basically. And it was great because initially I did it not because I necessarily needed the Botox, but I wanted to experience the effects and experience the process so I could then share it with my clients. And it wound up being a great thing for me that people weren't doing as proactive then, 15 years ago, but just kind of by chance, I became proactive by being a sure. Botox user early. Now, I'm not necessarily a fan of recommending someone at 22, but they could have a big stress line in their glabella area that maybe yeah, Botox could fix. Is Yeah, everybody is different. I mean, Everybody's a some different. of that
3: is genetic. Right. And I mean, I feel like, first of all, I think the most important thing is when people are thinking about this, is you make sure you go to see someone who reputable. is reputable and has the appropriate education and certification because there are a lot of people who start doing things and offering things that they should not be doing.
2: Well, yeah, this you know? I don't think injections and filler is a good group on purchase. It is
3: not. And if there is, it's like anything in life, if they are offering you something that is too, too, too good to be true, you know, it probably is and you should investigate it. Because at some point, you know, A lot of these procedures, I mean, it's not like, you know, major surgery, but there are potential complications, and you want to make sure that not only is the person skilled at it, they have the experience, but that they could manage those complications appropriately if they do happen.
2: I mean, that's
3: horrible when you have something bad happen to a patient, and you obviously want somebody who can fix that if that's an issue. Right.
2: I mean, the good news is in some way is if there is an error outside of being – a systemic allergic reaction but if there is an error there's a shelf life to these products so Botox is three months so if you have a droopy eye it'll resolve it'll, in, three in three months, months.
3: good <laughs> news bad news about Botox is it doesn't last forever you yes, love it exactly that's bad news. so you budget for it <laughs> it's good news um no and I don't think I think you know obviously if we're talking about like the vanity aspect and the cosmetics it it's not only geared towards like the age group because very different advice for somebody who's 22 versus somebody who's 70. Um, It's also geared towards the price point and the patient preference. So I always find it really uncomfortable when people are like, what do I need? And I'm like, well, need is a very inappropriate word. I mean, you don't need anything. I mean, so, I mean, that's not something that you, it's not like food, water, shelter, but you know, what I always <laughs> like to tell people is, right, when you're Food, looking...
2: water, shelter, potatos.
3: Um, <laughs> for me, it is. Yeah, well... Wine. <laughs> yeah, that would be on the list for sure. Um, but, you know, what I always like to tell people is, like, when you look in the face, like, look in the mirror and you look at your face, or when you look at pictures of yourself, like, what bothers yeah, you? Yeah, prioritize Yeah, it. like, just think about what bothers you, and then we'll, we'll discuss what we can do to kind of minimize that, rather than just this, like, very... Falls to the walls yeah. kind of go for it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's good to kind of dip your foot in the water and then go from there based on comfort level, I think. That's okay. always been my approach. Have you done Botox?
1: Yes, I have. Okay. And What was your experience? Great. From... She's... I love it. Yeah. Probably my worst fear, other than, like, you know, people close to me dying, is aging poorly. <laughs> I mean, that's very vain and, like, you know, oh, self-centered, amen. but I hate, like,
2: I She you really... actually, you've said to me before that you will not get old. Yeah, no, I actually, won't. She, she my boyfriend's that. younger than me, so like, okay. like I gotta sure keep up with <laughs> him. For sure, but yeah, I got. We all have younger men. So <laughs> like, no. yours, I think yours a little younger. Um, no, we'll, I um, we'll pretend. We'll I started pretend. getting Botox.
1: I think <laughs> I started getting Botox maybe two years ago. I'm 26, so I think around 24, and it was very like subtle at first, just like in between my lines. Like sure. my mom was the first one to tell me to get Botox, so she was like you scowl a lot. You should get Botox and fix that. So I just get it there and then in my forehead. Um, and when I go, I'm always like to my place I go to Forever Young um, and I'm always like, okay, what do you think I need? He's like, not that much, you know, just a yeah. little bit here and there. But I'm, um, I see a lot of people, especially on, um, I'm in this like one beauty group on Facebook and everyone's like, help, I just turned 30 and I have some wrinkles. Like, should I get Botox? And it's like, the best way to prevent, those, prevent yeah. them is
2: to get them quickly yeah i mean and it's it, it gets rid of them so quickly i mean it sets it up does. usually oh, like yeah. two my, to four days sometimes a week for some people but i set up in like two days generally my
1: friends who get it with me they're we're all just like oh my god it's amazing it's almost like a. I i feel like it's a little taboo to be getting botox at such a young you know in your twenties but i feel like as we're getting more progressive people are Realizing that it is preventative and that's how I justify is I would rather you know prevent it from happening than be down the line with these heavy deep set wrinkles and being like oh I wish I would have done something different but at the same time I'm like a freak about the sun like my friends always like give me shit for it I have a sun visor in my car that I wear sometimes and it's like a full like face protector and I'm always like getting on them about skin cancer and stuff.
2: Yeah, well, you'll have the last laugh. I mean, not that you're gonna laugh when they get skin cancer, <laughs> <laughs> right. when and they she... look old. Yeah, <laughs> but you're like,
3: Haha, I look. Gorgeous. And I think, and
1: I think I probably awesome. <laughs> I'm so aware of the sun because I am a licensed esthetician, also. Sure. And so I went through the schooling, but I have friends, people that still go in the tanning bed. Oh yeah. And I'm I don't like, even get that. what yeah. are you
3: doing? Like that is insane to me. Well, and I mean. The uh, the way of the spray tan and self tanner. There's been so much improvement. Right. I mean Is that it necessary,
2: but yeah, you know, to each his to own. each
3: their own. I guess that's what you'd
2: be out of a job, quite frankly, if yeah. they weren't acting this way. They Maybe. weren't misbehaving in the sun. Yes.
3: Although, if you are at the airport anytime around spring break and you see people leaving, you're oh yeah, like, like oh, lobsters. Yeah.
2: Job security. Like, um. Go see my friend in
3: Michigan. <laughs> 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 I know a derm. No, I mean, yeah, I think it is kind of devastating when you go through a period like when you're pregnant, obviously you can't get botox and you're just like, "Ugh." Yeah.
1: yeah. I've had some clients who Well, that's who, what
3: I was told. <laughs>
1: yeah. I've had some clients that had babies and they were like, I like I didn't and I was like Officially no. I was like, "What is, you know, what was the best part about pregnancy? What was the worst part?" Did you get sick? She's like, "No, the worst part was I didn't I couldn't get botox. It was terrible." Yeah. You're supposed to have that pregnancy glow In and moderation. I had pregnancy just wrinkles. just get
2: half the dose. <laughs>
3: I do not formally endorse them. And anyway, um, but you laughed. I did laugh. Um, but yeah, I think though. I mean, with the millennial situation, I think things are changing maybe a little bit as far as uh, as what people like the taboo with doing some of these cosmetic procedures. I don't know, and I don't think that it should. I don't know. I, I I'm obviously so vanity. I feel like sometimes when people come in to see me. They're reluctant to ask questions because it's like oh this is a medical visit but they're like oh well this is just a question strictly with vanity i'm like well we deal with that too and that's not necessarily a a bad thing you know if you want to feel good about yourself and look good you know like exercise whether you're doing it for cardiovascular health or because you want to look good in a bathing suit doesn't really matter and Mm -hmm. results the same it kind of checks both boxes i think it's a
2: generational thing for sure i mean i remember a lady who obviously did every single filler and botox and and she just denied it up and down and then finally we get to know each other well enough and then she slowly started revealing it and i was like i knew, i know you do yeah but she was embarrassed to portray that she wasn't anything that this wasn't natural looking for her and that she had to try and doing all these products to get to this look and it was, she felt almost ashamed about it. Nowadays, Jesus, are you kidding me? I am poster child, I love all of it. I think it's great and I'll just continue. I don't want to be ridiculous about it and look like a cat, obviously, but I will absolutely partake until the day I die.
3: And I feel like you want to look better but
1: natural. Right, and I feel like if, if you start earlier, it won't be that crazy. Exactly.
3: Dramatic of a shift. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, I see what you're
1: saying. Um, let's talk about food and skin. So I recently cut gluten out of my diet. I had I had like keratosis. pilaris, Pol- yeah. Polaris on my cheeks. And my sister cut gluten out of her diet. We had the same thing and hers cleared up. So I cut mine out. And like it's been two weeks, and it's changed so much. So just talk to us about like what foods can do for your skin, Um, like
3: dairy. Sure. So again, sometimes it's difficult to talk about these things because there's not a lot of like
2: hard science. Yeah,
3: research. Mm -hmm. You know, because talking. But regardless, a lot of skin disease is inflammatory. I mean, amen. Eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, a lot of things are very inflammatory. And certainly I think, you know, over the past several years, and I anticipate it will continue, that nutrition plays a big role in the overall health of your immune system and whether you're in a pro-inflammatory state or not.
2: Your gut health and things like that. Oh, yeah,
3: definitely. I mean, um, so I always feel like telling people – Like, you know, it's important to do what we would already probably recommend, which is eat a healthy, well-balanced diet, which is low in processed foods, and sugar, and those types of things. Now, um, so when you cut out gluten, you're cutting out a lot of processed foods. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's hard to know if it's exactly gluten, or if it's just you're now changing your diet to be a little bit less inflammatory. Yeah. There is a specific skin condition called dermatitis herpetiformis, which is rare, that is 100% triggered by gluten. Wow. Um, And so, and stopping gluten is a treatment for it. That being said, I notice a huge improvement in acne, rosacea, when people sometimes, I mean, chocolate, spicy foods, hot beverages, coffee, alcohol, those all trigger rosacea. Um, So that certainly plays a role. The dairy aspect's an interesting one because it used to be considered kind of like a, like a m- old wives' tale, like cut out dairy and your acne will get better, but it does. And there has been some actual formal research to show that. It's mainly low-fat dairy that's the problem and not full-fat dairy, but the idea again is does that cause like an insulin surge? Because insulin is a hormone. And if you're having something that has a high glycemic index, you're going to have an insulin surge, then you're more likely to maybe mitigate the hormonal aspects. Do you think,
1: in terms of dairy, do you think it is um, the actual um, hormone? Well, yeah, do you think it's like – the purest form of dairy would do that to you? Or do you think it's all the hormones in the... Like the that that are, that, growth
3: hormone. Right, like that, that they're putting thing.
1: into the animals and our skin's reacting that way.
3: I don't know. I think it could go either way. I think from like a scientific medical standpoint, the idea of it causing the insulin surge and cortisol and different things like that and that being contributing makes more sense to me. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think the healthier you can be with, like, good water intake, exercise, like a very healthy diet with a lot of fruits and vegetables, you know, sadly, minimal alcohol, all of those things are going to be helpful. But I I think that the research, you know, will continue. I think gluten is a big trigger for people now, you know, as well as essential because people love to talk about essential oils as well, but I, I do think diet—you know—cause you think about it, you're ingesting it; it's a substance well, in
1: your body. Well, and the skin is your body's largest organ. It is. So, yeah. which I a lot of people don't realize that.
2: I think it's also if you have a propensity towards something or a latent condition or a genetic disposition to certain oh, things sure. as well. Because I can eat a pretty balanced; I don't have to cut anything out of my diet that much. Do pretty balanced overall, but um, like for you, for example, maybe you have a latent gluten condition. Sure, that, yeah, there's but just obvious because success. people yeah. um, gluten free is so popular doesn't mean it necessarily yeah. is it's a going magic to fix, bullet yeah, for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess that's for, what my point is, but
3: I'll be interested to see kind of how things play out with that. I mean, because. Yeah, I definitely think that there's been more of a shift with people being more open-minded with some dietary changes, which is great. I mean, if you can change kind of where you're at by altering your diet without having to take a systemic medication, especially with a dietary change that's already going to be beneficial for you, that's kind of a win-win situation. So if we had more information about that, that's certainly helpful and could maybe, you know, help convince people that it might be a, a good option for them.
2: Well, I think in general, like, you're really good at being proactive about shifting things when you don't, I mean, you do research and things like that, and then you try it on for size. But I, I mean, I like that, that she's doing a proactive thing based on what her experience is for it, right? Right. So, oh, yeah. And that's a good thing that even in skincare, if it's not working for you, don't keep using it it's obviously not working for you we need to shift gears you know like proactive for example i'm going to rag on them for a second sorry guys but you know it works great for three months and then it doesn't work anymore and people said well it can't be the proactive because it's worked so awesome for three months my whole skin you know but free radicals are getting into their system every single day you know from benzoyl peroxide blah 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 i'm going off on a tangent but my point is is being proactive about it so we use a doctor's guidance such as yourself and like you say, there's even some gray areas, right? Oh you yeah. You still have to see if it's going to work for you or not, um, as well
3: as like there's also differences with people. Are they willing to do it? How consistent they are? Is it feasible for them? I mean, there's there's a lot of variables there, but yeah, I would agree that if it's not working for you, you
2: need to reevaluate at some point. So, well, let's lighten this conversation a little bit, okay? You're dragging us down, Doctor Markham. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, We're going to move into Dr. Markham's top ten. We need, like, some sort of special music for this. Can we get, like, a cymbal, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) snare drum, something? (laughs) Dr. Markham's top ten list to living a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Oh, no. Such pressure, you know? (laughs) So I think I know what this first one is for you, but let's talk about your favorite workout. That would be yoga.
3: Yoga. Yeah. I mean, I... I think it's good to do a lot of different things, but if I just had to pick one, I would go with yoga. It's all over. It's great. I mean, just... It's awesome. It's so great. I feel so relaxed coming out of there. And then people who leave the class early, and I'm like, you're missing the best five minutes where you're just <laughs> laying there doing nothing. Like, what? you're cheating yourself. Um, no, but that would definitely be my fave. Right. I would love to have the time to do that every day, but sadly, no such yeah. luck. Well you
2: do it what, three times
3: a week, would you say? Hopefully. Try to get it there. We'll yeah. say
2: two point five. Two point <laughs> five. So you you leave class thirty minutes early some yes.
3: <laughs> Two one week, three the next. So
1: yeah. Um what about your favorite skincare products? So
3: I I really love like we were talking earlier, Talia, my I love a, a good tretinoin at night. Mm-hmm. Tretinoin or mm-hmm. retin A, mm-hmm. a vitamin C serum in the morning. <laughs> yep. and then sunscreen. A good sunscreen.
2: I mean, keep it simple. Yeah, but powerful. Yes. effective products. Yeah. So Tret is a retin A derived product. It's the most um, bioavailable. I always say for topical use and you use it at night, right? Do you use yes. it nightly, would you say? Or? I use it every night. I mean, there's some,
3: you have to be able to get the strength that works for your skin and tolerate it, you know, and work on your tolerability, because it often causes dryness and irritation at the beginning. There's some strategies to minimize that. Some of my patients are like, well, how long do you think you're gonna use this? And I'm like, as long as I can lift my little <laughs> hand to my <laughs> face and rub it in.
2: And so, even after that, I'll e- teach my cat to put <laughs> <fill> it <out. laughs> Cat pause. Uh, yeah. Here's a YouTube video for you. For sure, yeah. <laughs>
3: um, it would be like the new the new spa treatment. The cat that facial. <laughs> <laughs> They'll
1: have that kitty litter. Kind of exfoliation. Yeah, the kitty litter in, that their that in between your paws pause. will get you that yeah, like, good, okay, exfoli- yeah. good exfoliation. What <laughs> was well, that? Episode two all about exfoliation? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well now
2: kitty litter exfoliation. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, what about your favorite Tampa
3: healthy restaurant? So I like Fresh Kitchen.
2: It's mm. a quick show. You can so make good. it
3: what you want. You can get in and out of there. You just cannot go between eleven thirty and one fifteen.
2: Really, at like yeah. five minutes after they open is a nightmare. <laughs> I, I live right up the street, and I'm like, okay, it's almost eleven. I'm gonna go there before work, and there's already a damn line. I know it's I'm crazy. Like, yeah.
3: It but does it, move. Yeah, it does move fast. So, but yeah,
1: yeah.
2: What about Cali? They just opened Cali. So good. You tried it? Yeah. What, what's the What's that like?
1: Um, it's like the same style. Well, not, like, not lying. You go up and order, and then you go sit down, so they bring it out to you, but um, pretty fast. My boyfriend, Maxwell, he's, like, super, super picky. Like, he likes what he likes, and he doesn't deviate, and he
2: will, he's, he really likes that place. Yeah. So, Callie and Fresh Kitchen are two Tampa restaurants that are owned by the Chichio Group. So, yeah. they own a bunch yeah. of restaurants in town, but where they're always Cali? really
1: good. It's where, um, Payway used to be, on down my by sure. Sure. LA, LA fitness. fitness. Okay. Super cute stuff. Cool. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, what's your favorite injectable to look younger? You can only use one. What would it be?
3: Ju- oh, Actually, ooh, ooh, ooh. Voluma.
2: Voluma. Oh. I'm going to go with Voluma. So tell everybody what Voluma is exactly and where you where it's applied.
3: So, Voluma is a hyaluronic acid filler similar to Restylane and just the typical Juvederm, but it is higher viscosity like we were talking about earlier and you put it on areas that are not movement areas, so not right around the mouth, kind of lay it on the bone in different areas. Great to kind of make your cheeks look fuller, help with like the temples and around the jawline, which you wouldn't think are areas that need to be filled, but it makes a big difference if you can kind of contour those areas. So is jawline and it lasts label, longer.
2: because Voluma's... Well, you know how everyone's doing th- things everywhere yeah, these days. Yeah, th- it's probably is off label. I'll I mean, get I don't even think eyes somewhere. became on label for Botox until a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Wasn't it something oh, like that? Yeah. Or was it just mouth? Was it, I don't and even I mean, know if mouth is still on label yet. I don't know. People or masseter, are doing it. Yeah, Maybe for sure. I mean.
3: <laughs> whatever. Tech, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Luma. What would What would you pick?
2: I'm Botox for, for sure. No, Bot-
3: for filler. If you could, if oh. I could only pick one thing, I'm picking Botox. Yeah, well obviously. this is an
2: injectable question so I consider oh, Botox, okay. but I would do I thought
3: we were talking filler.
2: Well, then Botox is right up there, Yeah. Would you say? Botox think, first for me. I don't know. I think I'd have to pick Botox off, off yeah. for voluma. Yeah. I At would this, do then do juvéderm for yeah. like lips cuz juvéderm's pretty diverse. I mean, you can, it do is. You can put fold, it you in you other do,
3: areas. Yeah. But Voluma lasts so long, too. It's
2: a hard list. It is a hard list. What three injectables would you bring to a deserted island? That's the big question.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But that would be, I mean, you could do...
2: I know. Voluma, you look, Botox. You look awesome when they finally found you yeah, three years ago. Yeah, you would. You'd three be years very later skinny. with a beard. <laughs>
1: as, long as, as long as we had a hat and some SPF. Oh, good. Right? Yeah, yeah. True. yeah. Then
3: you definitely need the Botox to kind of counteract mm-hmm. that sun exposure situation going on there.
1: Um, um, well, speaking about about being outdoors, what's your favorite ac- outdoor activity?
2: Speaking of being deserted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right, and we're talking like physical activity? Just outdoors. I mean... I love to go on long walks with my dog.
2: On the beach? Yeah, on the beach now. At sunset? You know, I like to,
3: I don't love running, but I feel good after I do it, so I like to do that. And I mean, we have so many opportunities here to do stuff outside, you know, like be by the water or just, you know, kind of hang out. But I think, you know, I, I like to go for a run every now and again. Nice.
2: What about your favorite local spa? So you really, better say my place, okay? <laughs> well, no, I'm just I kidding. I love your place, but, but really more of a spa because I, you know, we do. I do more medical services, and we do lashes at our studio. But what about like a, like a peaceful spa location? I like Where spa do you like spa Spa jardin yeah, that's they very popular. They have a
3: good outdoor massage situation, which is kind of nice. And then there's also Spa Sudeva, which I like. That's right is, on
2: Mcdill, right? Yeah, yeah. They They're also
3: give a great. A great massage there as well.
1: Yeah, I walked. I went in there one time, and it was like you are completely transported somewhere else. Like, you, you had no idea. You were right on McDill.
3: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like both of those places.
1: Um, all right. What if you can't make it to the spa? Which is your favorite
3: at-home beauty re- regimen? I'm such a broken record, but it's vitamin C serum
2: and tretinoin. Mm-hmm. So, and Botox, um, she's injecting herself. Yes. Um nightly at home not nightly (laughs) every three to four months of course every every three to four months okay oh my turn Uh, favorite place to unwind in Tampa so
3: I guess it's close to Tampa but I love hanging out at the Sand Pearl for a weekend in Mm, Clearwater very nice just relaxing with your hat on with my hat on do you take your
2: kids generally
3: or you know I think that that is good as a kid's trip or also good for a girls' weekend, you know. When you have kids, the beach is great because they can't break anything, they can't be too loud, and they can't get too dirty. So it's kind of like, and you have good sight lines. Yeah, you know, true. As long as they're not in the water, but you know. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a nice place to just kind of relax. And how old are your children? They are ten, seven, and four. Hmm. Cuties. Yes.
2: A lot of work. A lot I of work. <laughs> All right. Hard. Minus yeah, minus the
1: sand pearl. Where is your va- favorite vacation spot?
3: So I love to snow ski. It's like my favorite place, my favorite thing to do. So, um I mean that that's not local obviously, No, it doesn't but, have to be. Um I mean cuz you're like you're outside, but you're mm-hmm. also it's like a lifestyle too. Yeah. Just so much and above. it's just the air go? is so crisp. Um so typically we where where is Park City, Utah. And that's a great kid's vacation, too, because it's good for them to learn when they're young. And you can put them in ski school and have a little time to yourself. Is the little one skiing? This year, yeah. Yeah. First time. My daughter
2: did the first time this year, too. Oh, how did it go? Awesome. Ski school? She said she um, was like a bullet going down the mountain. <laughs> and, I, and then I watched the video, and it's like, zzz, like, you know. They're low to the ground.
3: (laughs) (laughs) A slow bullet. Very slow. Slow motion bullet. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that plays out with her. But my boys love it, which is great. So it's something we can kind of do together. Well, she doesn't. She was unsure?
2: Is that what you're saying?
3: She's never gone before. I've taken the older. This year is going to be be the first time in March.
2: Oh my gosh, she's going to have so much fun. Are you kidding me? Yes.
3: She likes to ice skate, so hopefully.
2: It's so much fun. And they have so many great activities now for, you know, like half the day is just doing all these fun little activities oh, sure. that they don't realize they're learning, and then they put it all together at the end of the day, and then they go down like a really slow bullet. A really slow bullet. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, what's your favorite Tampa location to take the family? I, can't, I We kind of touched on that with the sand puddle, Yeah, but I like areas? taking,
3: I mean, I know it sounds so, like, contradictory to say, I'm the dermatologist who loves the beach, but I do love the beach, and... You know, I didn't grow up in Florida, so it's so nice to be able to just be able to go and be there for a couple hours and, you know, and then be able to come back. So, And plus there's kind of something for all of the different personalities of my kids. You know, one of them likes to swim in the ocean, one likes to make a sandcastle, one likes to go fishing. I mean, there's lots of things to keep people entertained.
2: Well, great. Do you have anything else to say, Abby? Um, Any other questions?
1: I'll do I'll add a couple more to your top alright. What are your top three
3: skincare tips if you could give somebody just three? Okay. Oh, it's so hard to like narrow it down. Um number one, you gotta avoid being out in the sun. Again. Except for the beach. Except for the beach. But you can wear sunscreen and a hat. <laughs> it's such a broken record. But that's like and I mean as far as cleansing goes, I cannot understand people who go to sleep without removing right. all their makeup. That seems crazy. I mean, there's
2: easy I, things with wipes now and everything. So
3: easy. And I don't know if that really seems like like if there's any hard data that that makes a big difference, but it just seems like something you should totally do. So, I mean, wear sunscreen, wash your face, and also, I mean, you've... I like the idea of getting them, like, a good, easy skincare regimen that's easy to do. Because it's manageable. It's manageable. It's either manageable financially, it's manageable because it meets or exceeds your goals, or it's something that fits into your lifestyle, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Because there are literally some people who will put 30 products on their face, Mm -hmm. and there are people who will put one. So you need to kind of, like, tweak it. But for me, I think it's, yeah, like, a gentle, like, a gentle retinol or retin A, tretinoin, whatever you can tolerate. Some sort of
2: exfoliant. Yeah.
3: And good hydration, obviously important, at least for me. That was five, yeah. Catherine.
2: I'm sorry, <laughs> I know, I just keep
3: going and going. But it's so. true.
2: It's basically, I think what you're talking about is these balanced lifestyles, too. Like right? even in your dermatology practice, where it is a science based industry, you're still, you can tell you approach dermatology from more of a holistic point of view, and not the woo-woo holistic, but actually a, just a whole body health scenario.
3: Yeah, and I also think, you know, you you might be dealing with or treating the immediate problem, but if you're you're really missing out on your opportunity to educate people, whether or they choose to, to listen to that and make changes, that's kind of on them, but at least you're using that time to bring up some key things that can just make things, you know, better for them long term. Right. So... Anything else? Nope. Um, tell the listeners how
1: they can find you if they have any more questions about dermatology. Well,
3: you can always make an appointment in my office if you wanted to, which I actually brought the appointment line number since I never call it. But, again, it's, a, it's Watson Clinic in Lakeland, Florida, um, which is 863-680-7267 or obviously on the Internet. The American Academy of Dermatology has a great website called a it's, you know aad.org. Um, which not only has just great information for people um, but wherever you are there's like a little find a dermatologist link where you put in your zip code and it gives you people who are board certified close to you so that's a great resource no matter where you are to be able to find someone
2: great and uh, well we really appreciate you taking the time to inform the public about your practice yeah thank you so much tell us a little bit about more your life and you know, your life in Tampa and just thank you so much for joining us. And here's a little instant pretty podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Well, you've been listening to instant pretty podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Stay pretty America. Stay pretty.
0: This is a forking around town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I was spent most of
3: the time in Rome, and then my cousin and I, we traveled by train. We went down to
2: Napoli and then up to Venice, and oh my God, it was just an incredible trip.
0: Well, miss it. <laughs> you know, I, I never really have heard anybody say, mm, I don't like Italian food.
2: I know someone uh, who does. I'm not going to say her name because she's a friend of mine, but she's from another European country. And she says, food in Italy sucks, is what she told me. I couldn't believe that. That's, I'm
0: like, that's just out of jealousy. <laughs> um, the thing about Italian cuisine, um, it's so simple, but yet it's so sophisticated. Because in Italian culture and Italian food, less is more. Um, as long as you have great quality ingredients and you understand technique, um, you can't go wrong. And uh, the Italian kitchen is full of that. Um I, to this day, wanted to get back to that culture that I was experienced to and ended up in Sicily. And to this day, I have a a nice little piece of my paradise in Sicily. And I just fell in love with the country, the people, uh, the food, the markets. Um, You know, you don't go and shop for a week at a time in in a market in, in Italy or Sicily, you shop for the day. And the majority of your ingredients, um, it's it's all about the terroir. They come from literally a 15 or 20 mile radius. Yeah. Just like you hear the French say, the terroir of a wine. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all about the food there. And uh, some things will just never change. They're very stubborn to how they make things and they will never change. But yet that's why so many years have gone by and... Their food is amazing. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.